Before you listen to this episode of Level 30, please go to the bathroom. Turn off all mobile phones. This will be a non-smoking theatre. It was disgusting. When you say she tore it open like a homeless person, <laughs> do you mean that she tore it open like a homeless person would tear open a packet of cheese? Or do you mean she tore it open like some sort of serial killer that preys on the homeless? <laughs> well, look, I... Yeah, it's the it's the first one. Okay, well she really good, wanted the cheese. Because otherwise... <laughs> She did not attack the cheese with the ferocity of some entrail-eating demon, but she really wanted to just smash a slice of cheese. <laughs> and I can, like, I've had evenings where I'm like, I just want to eat this slice of cheese. We've all been there. Yeah. Sometimes you put it in the microwave for a minute. I don't do just that. Just melt a bit of cheese. No, I, don't, I don't do that. All right. Well, look. I have bad It takes different strokes I, to move the world. When I tear into some cheese like a homeless person. Oh, really? You have dreams of tearing open homeless people and yeah, I do. sleeping in them like a torn torn. weird circus dream the other day. Um, anyway, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, no, I can imagine not. But yeah, man, there's nothing grosser than seeing someone like sh- just jam fistfuls of cheese in their face as they walk. I don't know why. Isn't that what the canned spray cheese whiz was built for? So that you could just... Exactly, cheese on the go. Guzzle cheese <laughs> on the go. <laughs> it's like when you get on the tram and someone's just necking a Euros. You're like, this is not for a Euros, man. You do no. not want to have a kebab on the tram. No. Everything's all garlicky smelling and shit. Yeah. It's very upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> Should we just hoe into it? Like I think a, so. Like we're ripping open a homeless person? <laughs> exactly. I mean, no. <laughs> Let's tear into it like a delicious cheese. Yeah. So we just got back from the cinema and we watched Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Fucking boom. Bam. Spoilers are plenty. Smashed it like a helicarrier. Smashed it like a homeless person being disintegrated by a helicarrier as they got flung through the engine after having been recruited to work for S.H.I.E.L.D. But I like that. So, should we do like a really quick like non-spoiler thing so that people can like just have like 10 minutes of enjoyment? Because people, people are here for us, not Captain America. Obviously. Clearly. Obviously. If I was standing next to Captain America, they would go... Fuck you, Steve Rogers. I want to hang out with that sort of roundish for us. I'm not here for you, man. That's what, what would happen. What can we say about it? It was great. Chris Evans was in it. Yeah. That guy is, like, he's physically quite fit. He's, he's pretty pretty buff and stuff. Yeah, he is. Let's Rock talk about that. <laughs> can we do that for half an hour? <laughs> I think so. So another thing about his abadabas. <laughs> I don't know. I would think, and yeah, so we should say... That we saw it, what, 20 minutes ago? Yeah, about that. I think. Yeah. So it's not like we've sat down and gone, oh, what does it mean for the, the greater narrative of the Marvel Universe or well, something? This is the first time that we've seen a superhero movie together and then recorded straight away. Because yeah. the, the last few movies we've done, we've seen separately or we've had a large gap where we've had chance to digest. But we literally walked out of the cinema, jumped on a train, didn't end up in Footscray. Back to my place, plugged in. You're scabbing my whiskey. I sure am. I'm drinking water. It's delicious. Everyone's a winner. I'm a terrible person. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this is very... uh, Usually I like to take 24 hours to really put a list together about why I hate Superman. (laughs) But this time we'll break with convention. Hot off the press. It was a great movie. Man, it was so fun. Just super fun. It was. So good. It was. I'll tell you what I really liked about it was a couple of things. I think... My, one of my complaints I made after we'd seen Thor mm-hmm. was that I felt that they were trying to push the humour angle a bit too hard. Yep. This didn't do that. It was The bits that were funny were just 
perfect, spot on, funny, not overly pushy. Yeah. It wasn't – it didn't feel like they were trying to string it through the whole movie. So you got this really nice mix of action and comedy going on, which is exactly what you want from a comic book movie, I think. I think Marvel's – That's No, no. I don't even think. I know. <laughs> that's what I want from a comic book movie. You've called it. Yep. Called it. Anyone who disagrees with me is therefore wrong. Well, exactly. Take that, people who don't happen to have microphones right now. <laughs> and by right now, I mean whenever they're listening to it because the internet. Um, <laughs> I think Marvel's on a really good thing. I can't help but feel that maybe it's a Whedon thing because he's obviously doing the Avengers, which are the big sort of tying everything together films. Yep. You get the impression that he is helping out with all the other films. But more than that, the second wave seems to be, you can sort of feel the writer going, well, if Whedon's writing the Avengers, I've sort of got to bring my A game to this. Yep. And they all have that aesthetic of... We're in this age now where you've got superhero films, but a superhero film is not its enough anymore. It's like a different genre film. But they, as you say, they've all got this really cool sense of comic book humour. There's a cohesiveness to all of them that sort of mm. flows through while still being their own thing and still being a comic book movie and then still being part of a bigger universe. Yeah, and I think you could, you could argue, and as you say, you did, that Thor struggled with that a bit with sort of a mythology film and then chucked, mm. maybe went too hard on the gags. But this one was really a funny film and I find myself saying that after most Marvel films where because, especially the Winter Soldier, like the trailer's always pretty bleak theme yeah given that trailers are naturally like a highlight reel of all the best special effects and the angst and the grizzle yep um i always come out of these films going like man i didn't expect to laugh so much like it was so fun and this one was pretty hardcore like it's a superhero film welded onto like a 70s spy espionage thriller thing Mm. um but even in that framework there was still like heaps of mega gags yeah, and, and the other thing that they did well, in, in much the same way that they did the comedy well by fitting it into the movie that was the movie in its own right, mm. is the action sequences of it as well. Mm. I thought were really, really well done. The fights, one of the things I really liked about the fights, especially in the, the opening scene, there's the big fight. I'm not going to say more about it until we admit that we're going into the spoilers part. Yep. Uh, a lot of hand-to-hand combat, mm. and it's not all about big explosions and... Super fast action. It's quite quick paced, but you you get this really sort of organic feel from it because they are fighting hand to hand and you it really helps to portray a character like Captain America whose powers and abilities are not as outwardly visible as, say, Thor or Hulk or Iron Man. He's not shooting a laser from space or anything. No, but you get this sense of his speed, his strength and just the fact that he trains really hard. Mm. I always like superheroes where you go... With the right amount of training and a bit of cash investment, I could actually be that person. Yeah. Because you know, most of his stuff comes from the fact that he's just a darn good rootin' tootin' solid American <laughs> dude. <laughs> well, and I liked uh, – I think it, it's just so cool to have this thing that exists, you know, because you've got the Avengers film and you get to see all that crazy nutbag action. Yep. And then have this film where Captain America – is sort of the the marquee star, if you know mm, what I mean. Like mm. I, I was thinking halfway through, it seems if that they've intentionally sort of amped up Captain America's abilities. Like he, yeah, certainly the I thought the same thing. Yeah, yep. like the the direction and the choreography and everything. Like they're not afraid to have him. Uh, and as you say, he's still just the best that a human being could be. He's like a roid he, head. Yeah. He's, he's n- what the Olympic <laughs> Games would be if we didn't have restrictions on what athletes were allowed to put into their bodies before they compete. Yeah, exactly. And if you look at the actor, you're like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Chris Evans. Yeah, you're the best. I love you. But yeah, like he's punching people and they're flying off the bloody 
yeah. just into the ocean and yeah. stuff. And he's just flipping people over and doing really amazing stuff. And I think it is certainly a conscious choice where they've gone, well, this is a, this is Captain America's film, so he is he's a superhero, like, and he does really feel like a superhero. Mm. But obviously, within sort of the framework of the Avengers, he is the guy. Like in the Avengers, he's more the moral center, but when it comes to the fighting, he's he can be overshadowed because you've got crazy robot guy flying around shooting aliens and uh, like a giant Hulk dude. thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, in terms of strength, speed, agility, godliness, look yep. up to fullness. He's sort of <laughs> outshined by everybody, you know. But in Captain America, he just, yeah, he was really cool and the choreography was quite engaging. And there were, lot, there were lots of fights and uh, car chases and ship-to-ship uh, -ship combat and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and it was all really... Uh, engaging, I thought. I think that's the challenge with him as a character and that's what makes him so appealing. And, and part of what I liked about this movie was that they did that aspect of him being, he's not Iron Man, he's not Hulk, he's not Thor, and yet they still made him really sort of commanding mm. on the screen. And even though he's not sharing the screen with those characters, you've obviously got it in the back of your mind and they throw in a few references here and there. He is, you still get this impression of a man who is a superhero even though he's not mm. a flamboyant one, perhaps. Exactly. He doesn't have a cape, but he doesn't really need one because he's yeah. got a shield and he smashes right. people with it. And punches I, people yeah, really and hard. <laughs> <laughs> and this story, which uh, I sort of recognise bits and pieces from comic books and yep. uh, existing stories and stuff, but, you know, broadly, non-spoilery speaking, it's about, you know, in the wake of the Avengers, Captain America is working as an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. where he's a man out of time. He still believes in sort of God and America and freedom and all that stuff. And everyone around him just assumes that that's a sort of a pointless thing to believe in because he's from the past and there's no place for that here because terrorism and et cetera. And so we need to just kill people rather than use diplomacy. Yep. And he's able to sort of enter this world and ultimately be sort of proved right because there's conspiracies and blah, 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 blah. Just a really good Captain America film. And given that the first one I thought lived on its own two legs really well because it was set in like it's like a war a film. piece. And yeah. you were like... Is it a good film or is it just a really unique film that works? Like I, I'm still, every time a Marvel film comes out, I'm like, I can't believe this exists. It's so cool. Like they made a superhero <laughs> film that's a 1942 period piece. And I so like this better than the first one. Yeah? I, the first one I, I enjoyed, but I didn't hold it up as a mm. great shining example. This one, brilliant. Yeah. End of, end of podcast. Turn the mic on. <laughs> See, I was, I was super enthusiastic for this one, but I thought, what will it be like given that there was so much uniqueness in the first one given that it was in the past and blah, blah, blah. Yep. And this one is set in the present day and sort of loses all of that flavour, but it really doesn't. It's its own thing and it's really cool. It's a really timely story to tell given the climate that we currently live in. If you're looking for a superhero movie that takes on that very gritty real world mm. thing, given all of the stuff that's come out in the last year about the NSA and government spying and... All of this sort of stuff, the storyline for this movie is something that you could actually perceive as, oh, yeah, this is happening right now. This is not a movie. This is a documentary about modern-day America. Yeah. Um, if we had a bit more money and people were pushed a bit farther yeah. in terms of willingness to accede their uh, responsibility and their safety to the government, it's not super outside of the realm, the realm of possibility. possibility. Yep. I really like thinking about this film already because it covers sort of the same broad thematic ground as a lot of the Dark Knight films did in yes. terms of... Batman struggled with the same stuff about how much power is too much power and where is the line and can you surveil everybody if it's a good thing. Mm. And where, you know, obviously Batman was sort of ahead of its time in terms of foreshadowing a lot of this NSA stuff. But yeah. it's, it's asking the same questions, but 
I love the Batman films. They're amazing. These Marvel films, I just like they sort of cover it in a more sort of four color actiony comic book way. Yes, they can cover the same ground, but whereas the Batman one really dug into the muck and the grime of everything and went, "What's Batman like in a real world setting?" Mm-hmm. Um, this one is like, well, we can still tell sort of important stories and examine the world around us, but through a guy who smashes people with a shield and his mate who's got wings. Like, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Mm. But without losing, I, I think the, the challenge with that, that which they uh, overcome, is that they've done that without going too fantastic. Mm. I dug that. From a techie point of view, I, I yep. love these movies because of the, the future tech type mm-hmm. of stuff. And even that, they've walked the line really well between what is possible within the not too distant future and sort of something, some stuff that's a bit more far-fetched. Mm. But they've done it really, really well. Um, I was a little bit concerned that the government was using all Android phones yep. and then complaining about security leaks. And I was like, guys, come on. <laughs> serious? <laughs> as, if you, as if you're not loaded to the hilt with malware. But yeah. anyway, that's as, as we learned in your, in your weird mobile phone convention. <laughs> uh, well, it's like when Amazing Spider-Man came out and Peter Parker is set up as like a super genius nerd. And then he's using Bing. And I'm like, fuck yourself. (laughs) 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 You've just, you've taken me out of the narrative. I don't care how much they paid you. No one's, he's not binging. He's not binging it. I'm probably going to get fired for this. No, no wonder he like Googled his dad and found nothing. (laughs) 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 I suppose that sentence proves the point. Like I was talking about Bing, but I still said Google. Yeah. Like culture war one, I think. Yeah. It's like, and I like that Marvel does really walk that line. To the point where, like, one of the new characters introduced in this film is the Falcon, mm. who has been like a long-standing comic book character, and there was a they've like Cap and the Falcon have been a duo many times. And I like in this one where they sort of introduce him as sort of an Air Force pilot, but then halfway through he just goes, "Oh no, nah, I never said I was a pilot. I've actually got like a, a backpack that has like mechanical wings and a jetpack in it, and that's yep. what I fly." And it's a point where you could probably go, "That doesn't seem super legit." Did but we just cross the spoiler threshold? No, no, I mean, he's, a, uh, he's the Falcon, he's in the film, okay. he's in all yeah. the stuff. I like that it's a world, they've built a really robust comic book world where mm. they've sort of made that suspension of disbelief agreement with the audience really successfully where he goes, yeah, I've got a backpack with wings and you're like, yeah, seems legit, man, that makes <laughs> sense. <laughs> Speaking of Falcon, I think the supporting cast in this are great. Mm. Uh, I really like him. I was a little bit on edge about the fact, oh, wow, we've got a sassy, wise-talking sidekick who happens to be a black man. Yeah. Look, we, uh, haven't we done this somewhere before? Like in every film yeah, ever since yeah, I was born. Much. Yeah, uh, But he was great. I really, really liked him. I like the way they introduce him into the story. I'm not one of these people that's a huge Scarlett Johansson fan. Mm-hmm. I know that a lot of guys get a bit... Uh, Creepy. Well, I was going to say <laughs> firm, but... Uh, <laughs> Creepy works as well. Yeah. You know, I've seen her in some good films, but I'm not a huge fan, but I really loved her in this. I found the attraction that a lot of people have to her and the praise that a lot of people have for her, not just for a magnificent butt and, you know, the sneaky shot of side boob that we got in the helicopter. (laughs) Do you not notice that bit? (laughs) (laughs) That's confronting. But she plays Black Widow so well that you 
and I don't know if this happened to you, but I find myself watching it going, is she actually telling the truth? Is she lying? I, mm. she, she portrays that whole idea of somebody who has got so many lies and so many secrets under their belt that maybe they don't even know who they are anymore. Yeah. And I think that's really hard to do because she doesn't explicitly say it in much of the dialogue, but a lot of it is facial expressions and the look in her eye when she's, she's talking about stuff and he's sort of going, hang on, maybe I don't trust her. Yeah. Very, very, very clever bit of acting. She embodies the behalf. character really well. And given it's a character that popped up in the Iron Man universe and then came into the Avengers and, yep. you know, Joss Whedon was able to sketch her out really well with not a lot of time. Yeah. But you did come away. You know, she had some good character beats. You got the idea, sort of tortured by a dark past, blah, blah, blah. And this movie, I think it's really smart to pair up Cap with Black Widow, who's the other sort of, as you say, like powered by human endurance mm. rather than magic or technology or anything yep. like it makes sense for them to hang out together in this sort of espionage film and because she's quite uh she's quite sassy as well whereas he's much more dry so they do make a good mm. sort of companion team yeah they sort of make f- i like that they've always made fun of cap as the sort of because uh, the danger with the character is it can be a bit superman boring because he's like just i believe in truth so it's nice to have her just needling him through the whole movie at really <laughs> inappropriate times when they've got guns drawn and all that sort of thing. Yeah. And you get uh, a bit more insight into Nick Fury as well, which is good because as far as I'm concerned, you can never have too much screen time for Sam Jackson. Mm. Robert Redford as Pierce, as the bad guy, yeah. is pretty excellent as well. He was super cool. I really liked him. Uh, and I thought he did a really good job and he sort of had that nice – just sort of felt really 70s and stuff. Like they're in this not-too-distant future skyscraper and stuff, but he's got like his three-piece suit and he's swanning around and they end up in a 70s bunker and stuff. Like it really dripped with a lot of atmosphere and I thought Redford uh, brought a lot of that to the screen. Well, it's because he's old. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, And in modern Hollywood action films, you're not used to seeing anyone who's a realistic age or anything. That's right, except for Liam Neeson. Yeah, exactly. And he has special skills, obviously, uh, and kills a wolf. I don't know. I haven't seen any of his resurgence. Jedi, other stuff. Yeah. (laughs) But no, I thought everyone was good. Again, it sort of proves the point that you sort of have the, like, you know, Avengers was such a high degree of difficulty in terms of doing all the Mm. groundwork and then you have this big explosive film. But it's enabled by that. Like, you already know who everybody is and these films so far seem to be doing a really good job. Like, this sets up a whole new paradigm for Captain America and Nick Fury and Black Widow and stuff. So, you're enabled to go into an Avengers film where they can tell a new story and have the characters in a different place. Yeah. And you don't have to waste any time. There's a completely different dynamic by the end of it. Mm. Before we get into the spoilers part, I will say, yeah, the dynamic is is fairly drastically altered. Which I always like. Like, these, even though I've super enjoyed the films, you can't help but go into these movies and go, well, they're going to hit the reset button because it's a Hollywood film. And you've been reading the comics forever and they always circle back around on themselves and stuff. So it is really gratifying when you get to the end and things are different. Yeah. One more thing that I want to say, and I think I said this about Thor at the time. One of my praises for Thor was that they set it in London, which gave you this sort of isolated thing. And they've done that again with this, setting it in Washington rather than Mm. New York. So you sort of get away from that whole, you know, why doesn't Iron Man just show up and help out kind of thing. But at the same time, because you're established in a real city, which is, I think, one of the things that I've always liked. You know, we've talked about Marvel versus DC before. Yes, we have. I like the fact (laughs) (laughs) – once or twice it's been mentioned in passing. Mm -hmm. I like that the Marvel comics are all set in real cities. There's no Gotham or Metropolis or whatever. It's just, bang, 
Um, it's in New York, it's in Washington, it's in London, it's in Chicago, that kind of thing. It's cool. It just adds it adds something. It adds a layer of realism to it. And, yeah. And this did that really well. Um, you got a lot of shots of sort of Washington-style landscape and whatnot. Mm. And, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that it felt separate because it was geographically isolated. I think that's a really clever tool to use to sort of give it a feeling of being its own thing mm. rather than, oh, it's hanging off of this ensemble cast movie that we made. And I also like on the other side of that how they're just really casually happy now to pepper each new movie with just references to what happened in the Avengers, what's happening in yep. the other films, the other characters. Like Tony Stark gets name-checked quite a bit in this. Yep. Uh, Bruce Banner's mentioned. Um, Doctor Strange. Yes. Gets a shout-out. Yep. Um, and there's just which they've got to do. Surely they're going to do something with that. Well, I don't see sure. why not. Uh, just do it, Marvel. Like I would back in the old days, I'd be like, "Oh, you can't have a magic guy," but you know, Thor is effectively shown yeah, that they can. Magic guy. They can weld a really some strange other, genre onto other it. Stuff that happens around the place in regard to magic, which we might talk about in a couple of minutes. Indeed, if you stick around. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I like that they're confident that you're coming into it that. Uh, they can just talk about it. It is a. Sh- it really does feel like a shared universe. It's amazing what making two hundred and thirty million dollars per film will do for your confidence levels. Well, exactly. <laughs> Given how many people saw Avengers, you can probably go, yeah, most most people yeah, have seen it. We'll just do whatever we want. Yeah, yeah. Should uh, we spoil the shit out of this now? Yeah. Should I do some interstitial music so people have chance to catch up? Do it. When Captain America throws his mighty shields. That's it. Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now we're going to spoil it. So if you don't like spoilers, if you haven't seen the film yet, which is theoretically possible, given that we've only just seen it like one second ago. <laughs> Since although, we watched it on opening day. Yeah, yeah. But you, it will have, by the time this comes out, they'll have had a whole weekend. Um, well, unless I decide to edit it tonight and just publish <laughs> it tomorrow just to be a bastard. <laughs> that would be fun. Uh, but yeah, so if you haven't seen it, turn off now. I promise for this episode, it'll just be talking about Captain America and then we'll finish it. You won't miss anything. Yeah. Is that legit? Yeah, that's fair. We yep. won't talk about it. I've got to save my Michael Bay rants for another day. Actually, no, I'm not. Before we get into the spoilers. Right, don't turn off now if you hate don't spoilers. Turn off. No, hang on, hang on. Just hang on. Unless if you, you hate spoilers and Michael Bay, hold on for one more minute. <laughs> <laughs> he could take some lessons from this film. Yes. Because uh, yes. it is military done right. Yep. It's not... In the service of the characters. Yes. And it is action scenes with military and technology and stuff mm-hmm. done right. Bay, I'm telling you now, I've already flicked the bird at your stupid Transformers poster in the <laughs> cinema. We'll post that on the Facebook page. Exactly. Uh, go and watch this film, Michael Bay, and and take note, dude. We this know is, you listen. This is Well, we do. Yep. We do. Timberlake probably put him onto it. <laughs> This is how you make a film with a military presence that doesn't suck balls. Exactly. The end. It's uh, it's super 100% mega legit. I was thinking about that. <laughs> that's so <laughs> legit. I was thinking that in the middle because... That's more legit than someone that's got three parents. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Corey Bernardi. <laughs> <laughs> I think... Because, um, yeah, I am on the road. I do not like military stuff. No. Like, in terms of genre. It's because you're a big sissy Nancy girl. Exactly. Anyway. Like, I think about war. I think about how dirty my shoes would get in Is the that trenches. Sexist that I said that? Uh, well, let's just skate over Should it. Because we're having a good time. Oh, okay. I was going to go back to the boobs under the level 30 shirts. Nope. Nope. That's fine. <laughs> All right. Captain America, you had the military. Yeah. No, Stefan Delatovic, you had the military. Captain like, America. In terms of genres, yeah. uh, if someone says it is a military thing, 
that's not a hook for me. Just like if people nah. say there's a dragon in it or a broadsword or some kind of alien with a laser cannon, yep. I'm in and you're like I'm yours to lose. But with the military, it just doesn't light my fire. I'm not saying you can't tell a cool story with the military. Mm. But I'm trying to think of one. Apocalypse now. Doom, doom, That's all doom, I got. Doom. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it implies the end. So, but yeah, this one, like I just really... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it took me a little while to grasp that. No, it was not very good. <laughs> I really dug all the military stuff here because, as you say, they sort of meld what's going on. It was and relevant. It's, and it, yeah. It was sort of part of the... And look, Nick Fury has effectively Knight Rider in this movie. <laughs> so... <laughs> So I think that helps. Like the military here is super fun. How good is his car? Oh man, I want it so bad. Yeah, anyway, um, GM, send us one of those cars. We'll review it on the show. Exactly. Five stars, says Stefan. <laughs> Sales skyrocket. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it was just because you know Captain America is part of the military apparatus and part yes. of his character art is struggling with what else he would do with his life. Mm. You know, so the military is an enmeshed part of it, and they use that, and people have the sort of military hardware and all that stuff and it's really cool and as i said the first one i loved and that was a wartime world war ii yeah, story that was much more military and people like geek it? out on world war ii super hard which i just uh don't but uh i understand it's a genre people are into i think there's a whole group of people that don't geek out on it oh there is yeah that's all i'm saying oh, <laughs> um again skating right through that yeah well but yeah whereas in transformers where it's just like oh, no. the main characters are intentionally obscured by human members in the military and their hardware and it's just Michael Bay like just <laughs> fapping it super hard to jets and I'm like why didn't you just make jets you what? fuck why didn't you go and make a remake of Top Gun Michael Bay do not remake Top Gun <laughs> I will throw an air conditioner at you exactly starring two planes yep anyway right here come the spoilers spoilers in three two one go spoilers Nick Fury dies <laughs> That was good. That was well done. Man, he takes a beating and a half. Yeah, man. And then he's dead. And then did you notice at the end when you see his tombstone, the biblical verse that it's got on it is Ezekiel twenty five seventeen, the path of the righteous man from Pulp Fiction. Oh, really? Did you not notice that? I didn't. Oh, man, Sam Jackson's so awesome. You can tell he just goes to people and goes, look, seriously. This is the George Lucas, George, i got to have a purple lightsaber thing all over again. As you can tell, he's just gone, nah, just, just whack that on there. Reference to another awesome film that I made. <laughs> Did I mention I'm Sam Jackson? Well, I, I, I like the fact that Sam Jackson probably walks into a room and everyone's already gone like, so we're putting all these uh, Easter eggs in the film just about how fucking cool you are. And he's <laughs> like, again? All right, no worries. I suppose I am Samuel Jackson. Yeah. Sam Jackson is like one of my favorite sort of like weird time loop stories where the ultimate universe introduced a Nick Fury that was transparently designed to be Nick Fury. And the guy who drew him for the first time, because like old school Nick Fury is like a white, white guy. Dude. Have it with a um, Too many white dudes. Cigar. Why yeah. got to be white? That's all I'm asking. So when they rebooted the Marvel Universe, they, they, did the they basically thing. drew Sam Jackson and the artist was just like, yeah, I love Sam Jackson. I think he'd be a good Nick Fury. And then if you're bang, listening, Sam Jackson. And then it just deal. like fulfilled itself and I fucking love that, man. Man, you know <sighs> what would send our podcast episodes downloads through the roof? What I'm was go, that? I'm going to try this because I've been waiting for an episode where we talk about how awesome Sam Jackson is. Mm. I'm going to tweet him and get a retweet off him. From level 30. Sure. Because he does it for people all the time. Really? They're like, Sam, can I get a retweet? Because, you know, I had a banana for breakfast this morning. And mm -hmm. he just retweets it. 
and then that person suddenly got 900 bazillion followers. So I don't, well, I don't like bananas, so you better hold, have it. You better do it. All right. I'll hit up Sam Jackson for a retweet. If do we it. Get, if we get one, that's it. That's Mission it. Mission complete. Just mink coats yeah. everywhere. Exactly. Purple lightsabers. Uh, indeed. So, What else do you want to spoil? If we're, in, if we're past the spoiler zone, I really liked um, that they used the Winter Soldier as a character. Yes. Um, That's not really a spoiler. The title of the movie is Captain America Winter Soldier. Yeah, but I think there's probably people like I... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry to rain in on your little amateur spoiler parade. No, no, exactly. What's a spoil? Um, <laughs> so the Spoiler. This is what a spoiler is. No. The fact that the Winter Go. Spoiler is... The Winter Spoiler... <laughs> Winter spoiler. That's a title for this episode. Yeah. Captain America Winter Spoiler. Winter Spoiler. The fact that he is uh, Bucky, who uh, seemingly died in the Man, first one. you've just ruined my whole worldview. Exactly. It's something that because it's happened in the comics many years ago uh, and the Winter Soldier continues to be a sort of persistent character in the Marvel Universe. Yes. Throughout the whole film, I was like, oh, well, it was hard for me to remember that for many members of the audience, that probably is a spoiler. Yes. And it's certainly and rightfully treated in the movie as a big reveal and that sort of thing. Yeah. In the comics, like, there's that sort of famous line that because, you know, death in comic books doesn't mean shit, yep. really. Like, no one never comes back. We should test that in real life. I'm going to go jump off the balcony. Do it. Leave the microphones running. <laughs> so, anyway, audience, uh, welcome back to Level 15. Um <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, there was that famous statement that went on for a long time, like no one stays dead in comics except for Bucky and Uncle Ben. Yep. Because they were the only two that never came back. Bucky's now back. But in the comics, it was, it was a long time. Captain mm. America, a character in the 40s, stopped being published, rocks up again in the Avengers in like the 60s, uh, and they do a flashback to show the thing where in the comics, it's Bucky gets his arm caught in a plane and basically sacrifices himself. They, it explodes, Bucky seemingly dies, Captain America gets frozen. And then it was... Like years, like 50 years, 60 years That's or something. A long time. And as part of the character is that tortured mm. sort of ness of him. Exactly, that survivor's guilt through the ages. Everyone he knows is dead. And yeah, so when he came back, it was one of those sort of, it was a really joyously received storyline because they said, Bucky's coming back. And everyone went, fuck. <laughs> 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 because this happens a lot. Like Barry Allen Flash came back, not very exciting. Like, Characters often come back to life and it's boring. Like Jean Grey comes back every 27 minutes. Yep. Uh, and it just, <laughs> it's seen as a symptom of sort of that treadmill that comic stories are on where they can never really change and it's very boring and everything. So when he came back in a story that was really, really good and Ed Brubaker's run on Captain America is like seminally amazing mm. and is clearly the chief inspiration for this you, film. You little name dropper. Um, yeah, Ed and I <laughs> had brunch. Did you have a banana? Uh, no, I did Sam didn't. Jackson to tweet that Because it's disgusting. <laughs> if you ever need me to leave your house, just leave a banana and an egg out. I'm out. Don't do it. What are you pointing at? I'm pointing at the two bananas on the bench oh, just dude. over there. <laughs> Kryptonite achieved. <laughs> um, but yeah, like Brubaker did an amazing run, which lasted for a long time, which really sort of grounded Cap and yeah. uh, brought back the Winter Soldier and really tied him in with the past and had lots of flashbacks to his service during the war and all this sort of stuff. And it was really good and you can feel that seeped into this movie. And I thought it was a really good treatment of the character in this one, yep. even though he is he's sort of the physical villain and nothing else. Like mm. he has a bit of a blip in terms of you think he might recognise Cap, but it's a bit of a red herring. Like he's really just there as a physical threat. 
Yeah. And he's effectively the device that sets up but what I imagine is the third film. Yeah, he's, he's sort of metaphysical in a sense mm. because his very presence alone is causes problems for, for Captain America before they even engage in some wicked combat. Yeah. I think it's some a s- mortal combat, some <laughs> might even say. Someone trademark that. Yeah. Get over here. Trademark. Yeah. Uh, I liked it. It was very – the sort of appearance of him and the portrayal of him was also very similar to the Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes cartoon name, which has got to be the longest name cartoon that I've yeah. watched. <laughs> Uh, but lots of similarities to that because I've only finished watching that again recently. So, mm. yeah, I dug that. So yeah, um, I thought it was a smart move to have him as the physical threat that pretty broadly foreshadows that he'll be the main, like Captain America finishes the film saying, I've got to go find him and rescue him, setting up the third film and what you would imagine would be a pretty cohesive trilogy yeah. where he wraps up, sort of makes peace with the world, you know, by saving his buddy and they're both men out of time and blah, 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 blah. Mm. Probably foreshadowed somewhat by one of the after credit scenes, which is just him staring at the exhibition of himself Yeah, as Bucky. Probably going, going oh, Ooh, shit, that, that dude going. looks a lot like me. I wasn't too down with uh, the whole old lady from the Titanic style Captain America's girlfriend thing. That was a bit weird. Oh, really? He was all chatting to her and stuff and... I don't know, it's probably just me. I just thought about him just slipping the bone in the whole time. <laughs> just going, this woman's like 9,000 years old, dude, and you're still yeah. holding her hand and then you find out she's forgetful and you're like, man, what's he, what's he done to her that she that, doesn't remember? Yeah, I'll go on record as saying that <laughs> says much more about you than it does about okay. anything on the screen. Okay, sure, fine, <laughs> whatever. I don't know if there was I'm any subtext the of a gummy snog in that film. I might have just closed my eyes for five minutes and written my own movie. <laughs> Gross. I like, though, that they're... Captain America. Splinter Soldier. Oh, why? That's the best I could come up with on short notice. I'm yeah, sorry. Well, Stanley. Stanley. Another really Brilliant good... Brilliant cameo. His cameos seem to be getting better. I think yeah. people have figured out his, his range, which is basically deliver one ridiculous line and look like a schlub. Yep. And if you can do that, uh, it's gangbusters. And in this one, he's the security guard at the museum. And just so comes up, get fired. Yeah, <laughs> just one zinger walks out. That's love it. it. Did I, I mention to you before about the article, which has unexpected movie plot points that you didn't? If you watch the movie again with this particular plot point in place, it, it changes the dynamic of everything. Mm-hmm. One of them was that Stanley is in all the Marvel films because he's not actually doing Stanley cameos. He's actually playing Owatu, the the Watcher, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was kind of a crazy theory, but I dig it. I do like the idea. Go and watch all the movies again and it changes. I watched Iron Man the other day. Mm. And, yeah, you just sort of go, oh, hang on. Maybe he's in there for a different reason. He's just there watching. Yeah. Because the watch is weird uh, in the comics because he's just sort of become a shortcut for drama. Like, because he's sort of in the in the, the idea of the character of people who aren't as nerdy as me. And I was going to say, for people who aren't super cool. Yeah. He's basically a giant ball guy who lives on the moon and watches us. <laughs> uh, alien race, super powerful, but uh, sort of forbidden from interfering in affairs and they just watch and catalogue everything that's ever happened. Uh, and so he, much like the NSA yet again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he sort of pops up at pivotal points. Whenever there's a big occurrence, he like rocks up, just appears there and just to be like, just watching. This is a big. This is a big deal. <laughs> uh, and he's sort of become a bit of a crutch. You find like people do a story and they're like, "Oh, how do I tell people this is important?" Oh, I'll just pop the watcher in the corner. That'll yeah. be good. 
But I think it would be because I already like the meta aspect of having Stan Lee appear in all the films. Like it's cool. Like the, comp- was the that was the only complaint I can make about X Men First Class that it didn't have a Stan no Lee. Stan Lee cameo. It's a bit of a bummer. Yeah, get your shit together. I would enjoy just the meta recursive ridiculousness of having a film which was the Watcher appears and it's Stan Lee and it's just played by Stan Lee, not in makeup or anything, not an alien. No. It's just Stan just Lee. Stan Lee. It's like when Animal Man goes and meets Grant Morrison. It's exactly like that. Exactly. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. One thing we should touch on yeah. is the teaser scene Avengers lead in. The story of the film is that S.H.I.E.L.D. is has been infiltrated by Hydra, which was the villain in the Captain America That's films. That's a small spoiler, yeah. Um and that they've basically been infesting it from the inside and using S.H.I.E.L.D. as a dummy organisation to take over the world, basically. Yeah. Um, and the climax of the film is that they basically destroy Hydro and in the process destroy S.H.I.E.L.D. Publish all the stuff on the internet. Yep. It lights... I keep... What's her name? I keep, wanting, I keep getting... Because we know that Scarlet Witch is going to be in the Avengers and Scarlett Johansson is in this film, I keep wanting to call her the Scarlet Spider, which, of course... Is it's another comic book character in time. I think Sony would be mad if they put the Scarlet Spider in this. Black Widow is effectively the Edward Snowden of this film. Yeah. And she's from does Russian stuff. So she's gonna go and exactly. go to Russia just like Snowden. So that's the it, it is a markedly different uh, status quo when we end because yeah. Black Widow, who's a creature of secrets, has published her entire life story to the internet. So she heads just off into the sunset. Balls, Ballsy, ballsy move, mm. it needs to be said. So it's something, it's interesting because it does fundamentally change the character. It'd be interesting to see what happens and does, like, if they announced that in the third wave of films there was going to be a Black Widow film. Oh. Uh, they haven't, but if they did, oh. I think that would be, be prematurely uh, excited. No, but I think it's not the first time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's a lot of drugs on this table. Uh, but yeah, it's, touch the blue ones. It sets up an interesting dynamic for her that I think she's probably at a point now where she could you could hang a film off that character, yeah, um, or at least explore mm. it in the Avengers. I don't know if I'd want to do that. I kind of like her as the sidekick kind of character, as one of the glue people, like yeah, because I think to be. she holds it all together really well. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, and personal opinion. Yeah, I don't normally put that sort of stuff forth, but uh, Maria, <laughs> <laughs> Maria Hill, and Aunt Robin. Aunt Robin. I only watched the How I Met Your Mother finale last night, so I was, oh, I'm never going to see her again. Oh, until tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, exactly. Bam. We need to talk about that finale in the future. Yep. Uh, Nick Fury, obviously, kind of out of the job because S.H.I.E.L.D. doesn't exist. Yep. I, I, when I mentioned that Nick Fury died, I forgot to spoil the fact that that was completely fake. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's Mega why it's important out. that he's out of a job because he is actually alive. Yeah, out of the job is not you just a euphemism. fucking manky eyeball. Yeah. <laughs> Which I dug. It was cool. Yeah, it was gross. Um, that explains how he locked the thing with the lock that he couldn't unlock. You have to watch it to find out what I'm talking about. I liked that they uh, properly introduced the sort of shadowy world council that's in the Avengers that goes yeah. completely unexplained. Mm. I liked that they have the confidence to just bring that up and then completely explain it and pretty much kill them all in the in Captain America. Like you imagine that's not going to come up. Well, like, they didn't kill the woman. It's true. Like, if you watch... It'd be interesting to see. I just like that idea of the puzzle in my brain where if someone watches The Avengers and then they watch The Avengers 2, The Avengers finishes with the council telling Nick Fury, like, this is no good. And he's like, nah, it's fine. The Avengers will sort it. And then presumably when Avengers 2 starts, S.H.I.E.L.D. doesn't exist and the council's gone. Like, I like the idea that they're happy to just... Just pull that in a little cul-de-sac and then go, don't worry about it. 
just watch the next one. It'll Go be on. fine. It'll yep. be super fun. Uh, but one of the council members is uh, Charles Widmore from Lost, who's head of a shadowy organisation. Mm. And so in my brain, it's all happening in the same universe. And I'm going to go rewatch Excellent. Lost now, assuming that he works for Hydra. Wait to the end of Avengers 2 when the kid rocks out with a snow globe <laughs> and shakes it. You see Iron Man <laughs> flapping about in there. Exactly. It's completely do your head in. So we get to the end of the film. Yep. Shield's pretty much gone. Shazam. Hydra's plans for using Shield as their vehicle of basically fucking the world, League mm-hmm. of Shadows style. Uh, also in tatters. Yep. And then movie ends, bunch of chumps get up and start to walk out of the cinema. You and I sit there smugly chuckling to ourselves. First after credit scene, Baron von Strucker. Which is awesome. Was he in the first Captain America? No. I don't think so. I don't think so. I was like, wee, comic book name. I'm excited. Mm. He was cool. And uh, he's walking along with some goon. Yep. And miscellaneous goon number seven. Miscellaneous goon. I think that's what he was listed as in the credits. Yeah, totes. Well, well done job on that, Barry Smith. Miscellaneous <laughs> goon number seven. You're going places. And then he's all like, "Yeah, look, don't don't even worry about it. Hydra, you know, pretty pretty awesome sort of a criminal organisation we've got running here. Not even stressed. Not even bothered. Look at my face. Do I look bothered? <laughs> and then they pan over to a cell block, clear cell block. And he mentions the twins and then, Stefan, tell the people what happens. I'm too excited. Uh, so they're like, what are we going to do with the volunteers? I think he said volunteers. Yep. And they're like, oh, well, the dead ones will just bury them. Who gives a shit? But the two living ones, and I can't remember what he says. He's just like, we'll do something nefarious. Dun, dun, dun. And then someone goes, the twins. And you pan around and there's two cells next to each other. One of them has a dude in it who's seemingly freaking out insane style but doing so in super speed yes and he was very quick and yeah a little bit silver indeed who could say what he's gonna be yep uh and then the woman next to him is like playing with blocks that is floating around in the air and then as it finishes she sort of gets really mad and clenches her fist and the blocks disintegrate into some sort of scarlet cloud almost exactly. like she's a witch of some description Damn, i feel like so you've told the tale we're not really sure what's going to happen with these two characters could be anything yeah uh, I really like it. I like because I think we've talked in the past, at least off air, about this complexity of having Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch who... And the comics are mutants. Yeah, the comics, Magneto's kids, but they came into the Avengers universe as villains and then came in... And the Avengers has a long sort of tradition of vill- absorbing villains into the team. I quite like that they're, com- they're natural new characters to introduce, but how do you deal with the fact that the Marvel studio doesn't own any of their X-Men or mutant universe, so you can't really talk about them being mutants? Yeah, so now they're just creepy lab rat hydra mm. science experiments. Yeah, and I'd never thought about it. I was like, oh, maybe they'll just rock up and they have superpowers and yeah. they don't mention... I assumed that they would be playing a, a long game where they tried to just not bring it up in the hope that they would bring the mutants back in one day and then they could talk about it. But I like that they've just gone, no, fuck it, we'll just give them an origin that makes sense. And I think we said it in the in the cinema that by bringing them in through Hydra, which in the in the film universe is an offshoot of the Nazi party, um, you, you could play some fun sort of Easter egg games by bringing them in through sort of concentration camps. By we said that, you mean you said that. Yeah. You could allude to the fact that, you know, you're not, you're, they're probably not going to be able to say the word Magneto, you would imagine. Probably not. Um, not for but, a while anyway. But you could at least do stuff that would make me go, squee, Marvel Universe, I'm so excited, by talking about how they were like born from some concentration camp Jew guy or something and just mention... What's yeah, going on? You can leave it open without explicitly stating it. Yeah. 
Right. It was cool. Let's wrap this shit up because kaboom, we're at the 50 minute mark. Really? Yeah. Confronting. Who would have thought that you and I would be able to talk for that long about a comic book movie? Two parts. How many stars? No, I don't want to do two. Do you want to do two parts? We no, can do the no, spoilers as a second part. No, I think we'll be okay. We'll spare the humans. Just here, we'll record a public service announcement and then cut it into the beginning. Before you listen to this episode of Level 30, please go to the bathroom. Do it. Turn off all mobile phones. This will be a non-smoking theatre. If you want to, go to the bathroom and then listen to it. So we're talking to you while you're in there. That won't be creepy at all. If you want. Yeah. Yeah. I do want to just mention... Don't flush over the top, though, because you won't be able to hear what we're talking about. (laughs) You might miss a key point. Yeah. And if you go on the Facebook and say, I missed the 30-minute mark because I was flushing the toilet... Then everything's ruined. It's You've weird. said that in public. It's everything's weird. creepy. You can't come back from that. I do want to say... Take it from someone who records their voice onto a show <laughs> every week. There's some things you just can't come back from. What happens to a TV show called Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. after <laughs> a film that destroys S.H.I.E.L.D.? Ah, becomes the unemployment line down at the dole office. Yep. <laughs> agents. Miscellaneous agents. Yeah. Well, uh, could they become another Marvel organisation? Well, they could. I'm just interested in, uh, like, the brand is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Who's going to put fuel in that plane? Mm. Like the... (laughs) I don't know. Surely S.H.I.E.L.D. is going to rebuild in some form, though. Yeah. What's Nick Fury going to do otherwise? Well, something's got to happen. Get a job not guessing how far things away are? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Mega qualified. The one thing I did not like about this movie is that Captain America's S.H.I.E.L.D. drops into the ocean at the end and then you don't see it again. And I was like, oh. oh he'll get it back. Did Come he lose on. it? No. I was really worried. It's probably got some sort of homing device on it. I was really so worried. just go and get it. Just yeah. get a submarine. Just get, This is how you introduce Namor. That's true. He just, yes, rocks, he just up. rocks up. He just rocks up. He's all found this. Yep. Found a the shield. Bottom of the, uh, the Washington Lake. And they're like, I think we've got more important things to talk about. Winged feet. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> Fucking merman. Yeah. And also property thief of government property. Yeah. You're going to prison. I thought they did really. Uh, one, I promise. This is. I oh promise. God. This is the last bit. He promises that to all of us. Yeah. Every week, everybody. I just really dug the. The comic book way that they let Captain America use his shield in this one. Going back to what we were talking about, the choreography and how he's more yes. comic booky. I didn't. You got a bit of it in the first. I seem to remember in the first one going like, "Oh, you got one scene where he bounces the shield around and stuff." Whereas in this yeah. one, it's just modus operandi, like he's bouncing shields off five different heads, and then he's it comes back to his hand. Calculating the trajectory and, perfectly. Yeah. And not only is he hunky and good looking, but he's also good at maths. <laughs> I think my first. Instance of going, I think some people are overthinking this comic book thing is reading some Marvel Universe handbook Captain America dossier where under special abilities they put, you know, enhanced geography (coughs) or geometry, I should say. Enhanced geometry because he can immediately calculate the angles that his shield returns at. And I was like, that's cool and everything, dudes, but maybe just let it be in the story. Just let it go. Yeah. How many stars? Uh, I got four stars. Nine. It's out of five, right? Yeah, exactly. Cool. Uh, yeah, look, I think I'm going to go four and a half. I yeah. really, really, really enjoyed it. I liked it much better than the first one. I liked it much better than the most recent Thor one. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go Actually, there. I'll go four. I always just, I yeah, just reflexively was like, I can't do five because then what does that do to the ceiling? But fuck it, I don't give a shit. It was four and a half stars. It yeah. was really good. Go and watch it. And if you're lucky like us, you'll get back-to-back trailers of, I want to say X-Men Apocalypse, Days of Future Past, followed by Spider-Man 2, followed by Guardians of the Galaxy. We almost walked out of the cinema after the trailers, just going, oh, fulfilled. 
I'm out. We truly are living in the best of all possible worlds. And what what is it? Blip, <laughs> <laughs> Now pass me some energy, John.